Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with your gardening quandaries. My guest this week is Simon Crawford, a man with a lifetime's experience in the seed trade. We launched together Tomato Red Alert, named by a Sun Reader over 40 years ago. My thanks to Hayloft Nurseries, sponsor of this podcast. I cut my first windowsill cucumber this week, the variety Emily. You know, it's really quite easy to do. You just sow one seed in a pot in February. It's warm enough in most households. sits on the windowsill and you just grow it up a cane. And uh, in no time at all, you have these mini cucumbers. I've done it too with mini munch, another all-female cucumber, but, of course, just very small size, just two or three inches long, and they'll produce several fruits at each leaf joint. Uh, the asparagus, too, that cropped very well in the warm weather over Easter. With the colder nights, it slowed down a bit, but in Essex, boy, the soil's dry. And when I gave the asparagus bed a really good watering, it was amazing how the uh, spears came through quicker and much thicker, too. So uh, if you're on very light land or if it's dry, giving the asparagus uh, a drink could be uh, useful advice. I cursed the gale last weekend. Why is it when the trees just start to break and all that young foliage is so soft and beautifully light green, we get one of those really bruising winds that fetch the leaves off even? It checks the growth of some trees, particularly the fine cut leaf maples. But there we are. Weather is uh, something over which we have no control uh, and we just need to live with it. I understand that those people growing stuff for Chelsea have found life a bit testing too. I mean, the very warm weather in February was fine uh, as long as uh, things like delphinium had a really good freeze before they went undercover. Uh, and I cut my first delphinium flower in a polythene tunnel this week. But I hear from John Wheatley that the dahlias don't like these cold nights and really cloudy, overcast days. He looks as if he's going to be short on bloom for his Chelsea Flower Show exhibit. But uh, the vegetables apparently have grown very well, and so he'll just have to rejig things a bit and have uh, a few more veg and not quite so many dahlias. He always comes up with the goodsters, John, and I look forward to seeing his exhibit later this month. Once 
My guest this week on our podcast is Simon Crawford. We go back quite a long way. Uh, I dread to think how many years ago it was we first met, but he really does know the sea trade back to front. And of course, as a given us one or two rather remarkable plants. Uh, I seem to remember tomato, red alert, which was one of your offspring, I think. That was, uh, yeah, that was a, my first variety, Peter. Um, yeah, we, I think, we, well, you were extremely helpful in the introduction of that variety. It, it was bred when, you know, when I was at Asthma Seeds in Leicester. It was a result, actually, of a cross by, it was made by Dr. Paul Parker at Leicester University. Um, and then selections made by me at the Syston trial grounds, uh, which I know you will remember very clearly. And uh, I think you saw it and said, oh, we really ought to do something with that. And it was a sun reader who named it. We had a competition to uh, name this the earliest of all really good-flavoured bush tomatoes, and it's still available today, isn't it? It is, yeah. If you want to pick ripe tomatoes in July, then you need Red Alert. Yeah. Uh, What I can't remember, Simon... Yes, you were with Harrisons of Leicester, but they linked up into Asthma Seeds. Who were the other companies? Were the four companies? Yeah, well, it was it was more than that, I think, Peter. It was the the amalgamation had taken place, I think, before I joined them. But I was at the Harrisons site, and it linked Clucas's of Ormskirk, Deal Cullen of Essex, who you probably will remember very well, and also there was Yates of Evesham. So that that was the the combination um, that, that brought about the, the Amalgamated Seed Merchants, or ASMA. And Mr. Kershaw, who was managing director at the time, um, actually masterminded that. Uh, and then not long after, Martin Klukas of Klukas of Ormskirk took over as managing director. And, and it was during his period Red Alert came to market. There are some great names there. Old Mr. Deal, I think I've got the right one, out of Whitham. He used to telephone the railways and they would actually stop the train at the local station and pick him up to take him into London for the weekly seed market. Yeah, those were the days. I mean, I think there were 20 seed companies in Essex then. Yeah, things have changed uh, changed enormously. Yeah. So where did you go then from asthma? Things changed quite a lot at asthma, and I was looking for some other opportunities uh, in, in broadening scope. So at the time, all UK were setting up a, well, a research station in South Cambridgeshire, Great Abington. And um, I wrote to the, one of the, the chiefs of that particular company at the time, George Ball, asking him if any jobs would be available. And uh, it wasn't long after that that you know, I was having an interview and had moved down to Suffolk and was working at uh, Great Abington, where I was working under very you know, talented flower breeder Roland Goddard and also worked with uh, Brian Talman who was an excellent horticulturalist and seedsman and I've learned a lot at asthma but I learned I think even more during my my period uh, at Ball UK. I mean you mentioned some good names there through those early years and and even to the present you still keep uh, moving a bit of pollen don't you? Yes and I I moved on uh, from from working for um, Ball there and, and moved to the US. But then coming back to the UK, I, I did ver- ver- a number of things, but eventually came back to, to contacting George Ball again in 2005, 2006. Um, 
and he was looking for someone to help out. And to cut a long story short, we, we started breeding tomatoes again here in, in the UK, uh, based in East Yorkshire. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I started to look at blight-resistant varieties of tomato for outdoor use, uh, so early fruiting. And I also started to offer the burpee products for sale. Burpee had withdrawn, if you remember, Peter, from the, from the European market in the mid-1990s uh, because they'd been taken over by the ball group, actually. Pan American Seed took over their range. We, we started to sell burpee items again in Europe, um, which uh, has been you know, quite successful, I have to say. Um, but our breeding program focused on tomatoes, and um, so the first variety we released was something called Crimson Crush, which we released through Sutton's. And since then, we've also introduced another bush variety, Baby Boomer. And since then, we've we've got a number of introductions that we made last year, and we will make new introductions this year as well. Last year's introduction was a variety called Shimmer, which was a finalist uh, in the Chelsea Plant of the Year competition. Um, that's being offered by our friends at Mr. Fothergill Seeds. Um, and we've also released another blight-resistant variety called Oh Happy Day. This year we will introduce a variety called Cocktail Crush, which is being offered by our colleagues at King's. Andrew Tokley is taking that one on, as well as Fothergill's. And we've got a, a Sungold-type orange cherry, which uh, we're calling Honeycomb. Uh, and that, again, will be released, uh, well, it was released last year, but it will become more freely available this year. It's being offered by Sutton Seeds at the moment. Um, the Shimmer was bred by my colleague in, in the Netherlands, and uh, we we still uh, are uh, working on tomatoes, but in, in Holland now. So we I focus now on marketing and uh, product development, where the breeding program is based in Holland under my colleague, Hank van der Velde. Uh, but I still have a, a, an interest in sweet peas, and I still do a little bit of sweet pea breeding um, with my eldest daughter in mind as she runs a little web shop. So I do keep my hand in, uh, and I, I'm still interested in, in tomato breeding. Where can we go with tomatoes? I mean, there's just so many now, isn't there? I, I find giving advice on what to grow uh, quite difficult. I mean, I use, I'm afraid I use Sun Gold and Red Alert as two bankers, Um but they're both small fruited, and if you want to go up to the traditional fruit size, then um, is it country fresh? I quite like. Um, there's no point growing a tomato in your backyard if it doesn't taste good, is there? So I mean, taste has to be first, and then blight resistance pretty important next. Yeah, it, it's strange that um, no one really has has tried harder to put flavour and blight resistance together, but I think those are the main areas that we've got to look at. So earliness for outdoor production in the UK, flavour, you're right, I think, Peter, number one priority should be flavour, and then general disease resistance, but particularly to to potato, tomato blight. But I think also, you know, the climate is changing, I think, um, but I still think some additional cold tolerance and selecting for cold tolerance would be an advantage. That's really what, what Red, how, how Red, the Red Alert program started. We were looking for colder tolerant type tomatoes. Even then, uh, with added disease resistance now, I think there are some, you know, some st- 
still some possibilities for developing good new varieties. Yes, I mean, Red Alert, one of the parents was, was it subarctic cherry right. or subarctic so plenty? Subarctic plenty, and the other parent was Gardener's Delight for the flavour. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, and I still think those basic ideas still need further work, and I, I do believe there are a number of options. Can we get the flavour of sun gold into uh, a bush uh, cherry uh, variety? And, and I don't see why not, Peter, to be honest. It's just time, isn't it, Simon? Yeah, perseverance, patience and time, yeah. Uh, and what about sweet peas then? What have you got in line there? Well, I, I think looking for uh, varieties that will uh, perform well, looking for novelty colours, um, some of the novelty colours that um, Dr Keith Hammett's come up with, like Blue Lagoon and Blue Shift, um, that have incorporated some... Um, material from uh, Lathyrus bellinensis into Odoratus. Um, I think that there is some interesting material, but it's, it's, there's a way to go yet, I think, before we've got really high-quality uh, Spencer-type sweet peas with these novelty colours. So I think that's, you know, there are some, obviously some possibilities there. And I, I still think there are many options in the dwarf types, the little cupids, looking at broadening the range uh, in that type. Well, Sut um, I mean, Sutton's are offering this year bluebell wood, a, a, a compact, low-growing one. That's right, yes. Which I think came from John Macefield, didn't it, with yes. seed links. That's, that's I mean, that looks it. I've got it just growing as a seedling, and, and it branches very well. You know, it looks it makes a very nice young plant. So uh, I'm optimistic that that might be a good bank coverer. Yes. The, the, I mean, these knee-high types. Don't you think there's still some there are still some possibilities there with with broadening the colour range and improving the performance and the longevity of of them for for garden use or for basket and container use as well. Uh, 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 I'm sure there is, uh, and there's not been enough breeding work done, has there? No. You know, there no. the, the used to be three or four major sweet pea breeders in this country, apart from yourself and, and some amateurs. I don't know who's working on them now. Yeah. Oh, I think that um, the seedlings people in Malden are, are still doing a job. I think Phil Johnson's taken over there, and John Macefield is retired or partially retired. But I do still think that's a, a centre for sweet peas. Um, I know kings aren't necessarily doing any breeding, but they're doing a great job with, with production still in Coggeshall. Um So there, there is still some activity. I think it just needs promotion, doesn't it, to um, push things forward. <laughs> Why do you think you're on air here today, oh, Simon? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, you know, you've mentioned so many seed companies. Uh, I can't thank you enough, really. Right. Uh, and, and we're going to have all of them, I think, represented at Hyde Hall uh, uh, this com this coming summer. And uh, looks as if, uh, with a bit of luck and all my fingers crossed, we, we might get you a bit involved there too. Yeah. Well, that's very exciting, and, and uh, obviously, it's it's hopefully uh, people will go to Hyde Hall to, to see the displays and um, see some of these annual. Uh, types being grown. Um, I, I don't think they get the coverage that they, they need through the press or uh, the media generally, apart from uh, in your pages, may I say. <laughs> That's it. Keep flattering. We need yeah. the flattery. But I was at Hyde Hall over the weekend. I mean, what fantastic Easter weekend weather we had, hey? Uh, uh, I'm trying to grow just 20 or so sweet peas up cordons. 
because there's nobody is there growing sweet peas up cordons at any of the RHS gardens now. No, no. Yeah. No, it, it, I think it would be really uh, interesting to try and get people to demonstrate what good show quality sweet peas or cut flower quality, top quality cut flower sweet peas can look like because I don't think people really know what, what, uh, what is possible. Well, when I bring a bunch of flowers into the office, uh, as I like to do each week from pretty well May till August, uh, I mean, this, the scent is just fantastic and they just haven't seen long-stemmed sweet peas. You know, most of the garden-grown peas just have little short stems, don't they? they plant them late or sow them late and they just don't have the energy to make that long stem. Uh, in the polytunnel, just before I came to the office, I've just got the first sweet pea flowers showing. A little bit of bud drop, but with this very warm weather, I'm hoping they'll grow out of that now. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, the work that, you know, a common, um, common friend of ours, Mark Rowland and, and Maggie Goodsell have done on, on breeding early flowering sweet peas has been tremendous. And again, they've not really had the publicity that, or the, the credit they deserve for their early flowering winter and spring selections because they were, a, you know, a turnaround. People had been touting these early flowering types, but they, no one maintains the stock seed, Peter. Um, and and it, this with these early flowering types, they need to be selected pretty well every year and then the stock seed taken from those selected plants. But the winter, winter sunshine, spring sunshines developed by Mark, Mark and Maggie are really great for this early season. And, you know, Mark was going to start breeding an early compact type, which didn't have bud drop, but he's, he's, he didn't continue with it. But I've been thinking to myself that would be something that would be interesting to do to, to get really early flowering cupids that maybe the trade could use for an early flowering uh, container or pot sweet pea. Well, if, we, if we're going to have uh, the sort of heat earlier in the year that we've just had, um, we're going to need early sweet peas, aren't we? Because they're going to burn out in July, August. They won't want really high temperatures. And, and there is a gap for container flowers once the tulips and all that wallflowers and stuff have gone over. Uh, and some dwarf sweet peas with fragrance, I add, at that time would be very useful. And, and do you say, has Mark stopped well, he, breeding? He or? started, and, uh, but he stopped. He'd got two varieties, uh, which he called Sprites, uh, S-P-R-I-T-E. And the, the, there was a dark Sprite and a lavender Sprite, uh, which, which would flower in you know, late March, early April, um, about probably six weeks ahead of a normal Cupid. But that... They, he stopped because we didn't, you know, didn't see the um, the interest for it at the time. Or, you know, he 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 was moving towards his vegetable breeding. You know, the tomato work on Red Alert and yeah. uh, Rosella and Black Opal, and also his his interest in chilies. So that, that that project dropped dropped by the wayside. But I think I still think it has merit. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it does. Simon, it's very good to speak to you. Look forward to seeing you this summer with the. Uh select nasturtium trial up in Hyde Hall. Yes. And let's hope for a good gardening summer. Yes. Let's hope for just a little bit of rain, please. <laughs> it's a little bit dry in East Yorkshire, and I'm just praying for a, a drop or two over the next three or four days. I'm, I'm with that prayer. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. Thank you very much. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, now some of the sales figures are out. And uh, garden centers broke records over Easter. And it's no surprise. Goodness, what a wonderful gardening weekend that was. And people came out in their millions to buy plants. The thing I look at is the compost sales. That's a really good indication of uh, what where people are really gardening. You know, they've tipped out some of the pots which they used last year or with the spring bedding that's gone over. They'll need a bit of fresh compost. And so that just shows you, the sales of compost show you how many people are out pottering about. A lot of homeowners, of course, don't have a garden, what we call yardening. You know, they just do a little pottering in raised beds or containers, growing some veg or herbs and flowers. And that compost sale shows me that there are millions of you at it. On the garden centre front, sales of businesses doesn't slow down any. And Dobbins of Edinburgh now have 31 of the Wyvale garden centres to add to their collection and now are the biggest chain across the country. Be very interesting to see uh, how they cope. There was a little bit of uh, disappointing news from my point of view. Uh, Jim McCall is uh, retiring from the Beech Grove Garden up in Scotland. Jim's been there since the outset of that programme. He was a really good, safe pair of hands. You know, when you watch and listen to Jim, then uh, you just gain confidence. Well-trained, well-practised, really sensible TV presenter. And uh, I'll miss him. All of us can still watch the Beech Grove Garden it goes out on a Sunday morning now at 12.30. But another disappointment, I understand they're changing from a 26-program series this year to just two seven-program series. Don't the powers that be know that gardening just carries on all the year round? doesn't work in seven-program series. Jim was often heard to say, every day is a school day for gardeners. In other words, we never stop learning. Uh, every week, the weather changes uh, and we need to change our techniques and our methods. Jim, thanks for many, many programmes and uh, your wonderful friendship. Uh, 
the programme won't be the same for me, I'm afraid, uh, without Jim. But back in the garden, there are still lots of jobs that you could be doing, and shrub pruning is one of them. Uh, those that flower in the spring, immediately after flowering, they can be pruned where necessary. I mean, winter jasmine, pretty straggly old thing at the best of times. Soon as that finishes flowering, you can trim that back. And it's the same story with the yellow forsythia with pink and white flowering currant, the white-flowered spirea or the spirea arguta. That's a very pretty thing. And, and when that's finished flowering, the foliage is very useful. If you uh, cut some of that, it goes in very well with sweet bees. And with lilac just coming into flower, why not cut some branches, take off the leaves and arrange them in water indoors, and so you're doing the pruning at the same time as you're getting yourself some nice cut flowers. You take the leaves off because the flowers will last much better in water if they are defoliated. What's on? Well, on the 3rd and 4th at uh, Powderham Castle, Toby Buckland's got his garden festival. Uh, and way north at uh, Harlow Car Gardens, on the 4th and 5th, they have their spring gardening weekend. So there's a couple of little uh, jaunts out for you if you're in either of those parts of the country. My thanks to Hayloft Nurseries, sponsor of this podcast, and also my producer this week, Rich Jarman. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.